that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruden. Joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, um, how are you doing today? It's January 4th. Uh, when did we do our last podcast? It was December 30th, I think. I guess so, yeah. So it's the first one of 2024. Yeah. Did you do anything fun for New Year's? Uh, no, I just stayed in. Uh, me and my girlfriend stayed inside and then watched a broadcast of the drone show in Dallas. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. One, of the, one of the news stations had like a, a they showed the drone show, which yeah. looks pretty cool. Um I thought I was like, oh yeah, we'll probably go drive out and see that next year. And then I saw like a video of the, you know, the Dallas, Texas Twitter account or whatever, the yeah. that that street video account or whatever. Um, they showed a video of like 35 just wall to wall of traffic because everybody decided to park their cars and watch the drone show. And I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. No. <laughs> like I, I no. thought I, I thought I had a smart idea where it's like, oh, I can just watch that from anywhere. And it's like, oh, everybody thought of that. Everybody thought of that. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so new year, uh, conference plays beginning now. Um, In the American, we have a few notable results. um, But the Big 12 is where we're going to start because they've given us some haymakers to start off. They've given us some heavyweight fights, and it continued. Baylor versus TCU, ranked matchup, uh, two undefeated teams. Ish was there covering the game in Foster Pavilion, um just i'll let you go where where do you yeah. want to start yeah i mean i think that you know <clears throat> excuse me um this game was close in the first half final score ended up being 71 50 t- uh baylor winning um, this game was close in the first half like genuinely really cl- i think tc was up in the first half if i remember mm-hmm. correctly yep um i wanted to go because obviously i wanted to see the new pavilion, but also this is the first like marquee matchup. The men opened it up, but they played who Cornell or something. Yeah. Um, so like, I know they sold it out, but this was the first marquee matchup. And I believe they had about 6,000, 5,900 people in the 7,000 capacity foster pavilion. And I was telling you just before we started recording, that place is loud, like very loud. And I think it's purposefully designed to like trap as much sound as possible on the court. And so before you even get to on the game in the game, like what happened in the game, just like the pregame stuff, it's like it's insanely hype. All the way the the stands are designed, it's like there's like a verticality to it, mm-hmm. so everything comes to the court. And so whether it's the sound system or the crowd cheering, whatever, like everything just hits the court. And the way where media row is, it's like the there's two sections. There's the lower bowl and there's the upper section. Media row is kind of in the middle, right there in the middle, like top mm-hmm. of the first section. And so you get a good amount of sound. Um, and it's right behind one of the baskets where the team comes out of uh, for the tunnel. And the pregame playlist, when they were hyping up the team, like that was like shaking the desks. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. They really, like, really invested in like just making this like an impossible place to play. Um, and so 
the game was competitive early on, but when you really, when you, when it really hit you, how loud this arena was, was the second half because that's when Baylor went on their run. Uh, I believe they outscored them. What was it in the third quarter? Twenty-three to ten in the third quarter, and they went on a huge. Bella Fontleroy finished with twenty-one points, um, five of six from three. Sarah Andrews finished with sixteen, four of eight from three, and a lot of that came in the third quarter. And the crowd just got. It was like a tidal wave of just like boom, 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 and like roar and a, just eruptions. And it it was like, oh, okay, this place is now like one of the top places in Texas, probably in the country, in my opinion, um, in terms of just energy. So I took more from Baylor than I did from TCU. I still think TCU is a good team. Um, this is TCU's first loss under Mark Campbell. Madison Connor had a bad game by her standards. Sarah Andrews did a really good job defending her. She finished 0 of 6 from 3. Um, Sedona Prince finished with 20 points, but she needed 21 shots to get there. Mm-hmm. I thought Asia Blackwell did an incredible job on her defensively. Uh, Nikki Collin talked about that afterward. I think this was more about Baylor being that team again. Like we were talking about this year being a big year for Baylor, for Nikki Collin. Now they've beaten Utah, they've beaten Oregon, they've beaten Miami, they've beaten Texas, and they've beaten TCU. Like, this is a damn good team this year. And I think now with the Roy Harmon injury and then Taylor Jones's uncertainty, we'll see when she comes back. Yeah. I think this is far and away the best team in the front run of the Big 12 now. Yeah. Um, Baylor, I, the third quarter was interesting because it was an excellent defensive showcase. The game started off pretty slow. It was 11-8 at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. And I was, I was going to text you. I was be like, man, you showed up and nobody can score the ball anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, second quarter, it opened up a bit. Uh, but that third quarter defensively from TCU, and I, you could feel the home court advantage. And that's what something a lot of people have to remember. I'm reminded of this every single year, men's mm-hmm. and women's home court advantage is legitimately, especially early in conference play, to me is legitimately worth like four or five points. It is just a massive advantage. And Baylor, they were able to uh, work the ball well on offense. TCU played their zone, and we'll talk about, I'll talk about TCU a little bit, but mm-hmm. they were able to work the ball well, got good looks from three, made the threes. And I think 13 of 25 from three speaks for itself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the overall ball movement, and we knew they were going to be able to kind of space out uh, TCU and from TCU's perspective, I don't know if you can really play zone against Baylor in in that way. So yeah. the passing was really good. The shooting was really good. Offensively, Baylor just was really, really sharp. Yaya Felder off the bench, I thought it was tremendous. 13 points, 4-6 shooting, um, 2 assists. So you have her off the bench to, to pair with, you know, the, the Jada Walker and the Sarah Andrews and uh, just a really balanced team. And our concern was how will they handle Sedona Prince? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, Asia Blackwell did great. Drayana Edwards, I thought, also did a pretty good job when she was on her. So, yeah, you you win the game as Baylor with Drayana Edwards going 0-5 from the field and Asia Blackwell going 3-14, and you win by 21 points. I think that yeah. speaks to the defense, speaks to the balance on this team. And like you said, Baylor is the favorite in the Big 12 right now by a – fairly wide margin and they are a top five team in the country which i think we've kind of hinted at for a few weeks Mm -hmm. but now with these wins to start off conference we they are firmly there yeah i think for you know for me when i looked at this when i was watching this game it it was like you mentioned like you look at Drayana edwards not having her best game uh scoring wise and then asia blackwell scoring wise not having her best game but 
it watching the game, you kind of saw you still saw their impact because um in the first half they weren't attacking inside with Sedona Prince, and that's kind of how that's kind of how their shooting woes kind of came about. Um TCU just kind of couldn't find the outside shot, uh, particularly Madison Connor, but Baylor wasn't attacking the rim at all. And what happened was they didn't attack the rim or they didn't necessarily get more shots in the paint, but what they did was they were able to get inside. And yeah. so like they were able to get inside, go at Sedona Prince, have her commit. And then all of a sudden somebody's one pass open. Right. And so like Asia Blackwell was able to get a dump off to John Edwards or to uh, uh, Jada Walker or somebody. Right. And that would collapse the defense. And that's how they would get the open shots for Bella Fontleroy and Sarah Andrews. So, for TCU, um, we can kind of look at them a little bit now. Like again, I don't think this is a bad this. I don't think this is a bad uh, TCU team. I think this is more about Baylor. I do think that this maybe shows some defensive uh, improvements that need to be made for TCU because I think a lot does rely on Sedona Prince just being in the paint, right? Like it, it, kind of watching her, you know, just kind of literally she doesn't leave the paint on defense if you watch like. And so it's like, okay, that works to a certain extent, but what happens when teams go at her a little bit and the rest of the defense kind of collapses? And so I think for me, if you're Mark Campbell, and he talked about this too, he was like, you know, I still think we have the talent to do something good here. Um, this is more of a learning curve for us. And it was like, I, I, I partially coach, it's coach to speak, but I also see what he means, right? Or it's like a lot of the things that was happening was like, okay, don't help off, you know, don't help when you're guarding Sarah Andrews, right? Like stay yeah. on her kind of thing. Um, and don't let the defense get so easily collapsed when somebody gets inside. So again, I think that first half is more indicative of what TCU can be. Um, but I think the, the second half is definitely what like Baylor flexing a lot more of its talent. Yeah, I, I didn't love and, – and they've played this zone the entire year. Um, right. It kind of masks – it does a couple things for them. Um, it masks their deficiencies in terms of they don't have terrific perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, they aren't, they don't have depth, really. This yeah, year. like if Madison Connor like it, it, that hit me yesterday too. It was like if Madison Connor's not hitting, this team just not does not have scoring on the outside. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, starting lineup-wise, it's – we. We did the uh, was it the all Texas way too early team or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. and it was Connor and Prince highest usage in the state, most points in the state. Like she's shooting twelve threes a game. Yeah, like there's a reason for this, and it's <laughs> right. obviously it's smart because they're great players. But outside of them, it's very limited in terms of production. And then when you get to the bench, it's Roberson played eighteen minutes. You know that's really it. That's all they got off the bench. So mm-hmm. the zone helps them not get in foul trouble. To a degree, but when you play an offense, when we play a team that's as balanced and as talented as Baylor, you're going to get exposed. Yeah. Now, how many teams are in there in the Big 12 that can really expose them to this degree? Probably not a ton, but mm-hmm. you you are leaving yourself susceptible to you know outlier shooting performances, to a lot of Sedona Prince having to you know clean up a lot of messes, um, and just her having to cover a lot of ground. So, uh, you, like you said. I think this is not a indictment as far as TCU is not going to be a top four team in the in the Big Twelve or anything like that. But I think the ceiling we we've always understood kind of what the ceiling is maybe with TCU in terms of they are doing this thing really really well with Connor and Prince, hmm. but it's they're not a finished product. They're not an yeah. overall like team that like Baylor or like the other teams in the top ten in the country that are going to be competing for championships this year most likely which is fine because it's year sure. one at TCU. i was about to say 
I was about to say this start has been better than what we've expected from this team. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not discouraged or anything, but like you said, I think they're, we were ignoring a lot of the flaws because of they were winning. And so it didn't really matter. Um, and teams weren't, weren't finding ways to stop players like Madison Connor. And I think Jaden Owens is somebody who may have to increase the yeah. scoring of a little bit. Um, I, she, she's still by far their best playmaker, but I do wonder if this is a kind of a situation where it's like, okay, well maybe you can be a little bit more aggressive um, in terms of scoring. Cause she's still what averaging single digits, despite being like the most minutes getter on the field on the, on the court. Um, so again, if this is like a little indication of that, we'll see. They have Oklahoma State and then Texas coming up. So they have like a quote unquote get right game and then they have a big game against Texas on the road. So we'll see. You know, they have they have some time to to um uh to adjust some things and to fix some things. But yeah, uh, my biggest takeaway obviously was that Baylor is that good and kind of make I think they're turning that corner or they have turned the corner under Nikki Collin. Yeah. Um and if it you have uh, Houston at home next, we'll talk. Uh, we could talk about. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the the rest of the Big Twelve. Yeah, um, Texas beats Texas Tech seventy four yeah. to forty seven in Lubbock. Yeah, without- I was very fascinated by this game because obviously no Rory Harmon, so therefore I'm very just interested in Texas in general now. Um, but then of course no Taylor Jones, so it's like okay Tech here's your chance right here's where like are you similar to tcu right are you are you pretend or are you real and i think tech's a little bit of a pretender <laughs> um they got shellacked in this game they got beat yeah. down 74 to 47 um i i, I didn't watch all this game but i watched yeah. enough to be like okay texas has the better interior presence Texas mm-hmm. has uh, a more physical presence defensively. Everything yeah. that Texas did bothered Texas Tech from the full court pressure to um, even just in the half court, Texas Tech was unable to get to their usual spots to get the three-point shots that they want. Um, I just was blown away by how Texas dominated this game on the defensive end first and then mm-hmm. obviously on in the paint where they just – Got 16 offensive rebounds. I mean, they almost what is this 42 to 24 in terms of rebounds. It was yeah. Um, I will say Texas, like, I don't know how long they can get away with this, but Vic Schaefer's just playing two guards, and then every yeah. other is a big. Like, just, I don't know, no, like Shelly Gonzalez. This is how it is now. They're just playing this the whole game. It might be now. This might be how it is now. They're just gonna try so, to yeah. with if they can get Taylor Jones back. Yeah, they outscored Texas Tech 40 to 14 in the paint. They had twenty nine to nine in points off turnovers. Yeah. Um, they they're just going to be this physical team that's going to try to win from their defense mm-hmm. and then get to the free throw line, get to the paint, get buckets on the inside. And they went one of eight from three. This is going to be the ultimate Vic Schaefer team now without Rory Harmon. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say this is very Vic Schaefer. <laughs> that's what this is going to be. Like I, I don't know how else. As much as I and Madison Booker. Okay, Madison Booker is the, the she's tweener. the player. Yeah, she's yeah. the player that can do both. Right. That right. You, that usually most teams don't have, and she was only oh one from three, uh, which is is fine because she's so good everywhere else. But yeah. Um, 18 points, six assists. She still had six turnovers, but that's going to happen with a freshman with the ball in her hands that much. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's 
that's that's really it. Like I Gonzalez and Holly, we talked about last podcast. They don't leave the floor for this team, and I don't think they're great. Um, so you kind of just have to make do with what you have, and that is sure. an, a really special freshman talent. And then you have a bunch of bigs that you can rotate in and just try to beat people up. Yeah, and for the, for those that don't, for those that did not see the game, like we're not joking, right? So Shaylee Gonzalez, I'm reading the box score now. Shaylee Gonzalez, 39 minutes. Shay Holly, 37 minutes. Madison Booker. Technically a tweener, but she's a forward, right? Yeah. 32 minutes. Deanna Gaston, 29 minutes. Aliyah Moore, Amina Muhammad, Kadisha Fai. Those are all centers and forwards, right? Yeah. 26 minutes, 13 minutes, 10 minutes. And then Gisela Mall, who got in a little bit, just so literally Shaylee Gonzalez and Shay Holly can catch a breath. She played work. seven minutes. So, like, Gisela Mall is their other guard. They're probably going to have to play a little bit more, but like, you know, she's still basically a freshman. I know she was on the team last year, but she didn't play. Um, so yeah, it that it's gonna be a very much a two guards, one tweener, and then just throw out all the centers you can possibly throw out. So yeah. yeah. And then um, yeah, for tech, I mean, they had no answer, right? It was Bailey Malpin, and then that was kind of it. Um Jasmine Shavers really struggled in this game. And then of course we mentioned they don't have the inside presence really at all to compete with a team like Texas in the paint. Um, and so yeah, it was a matchup issue. Um, but if I'm tech, I'm just like really discouraged. Cause like, man, Texas is missing two of their best players and y'all couldn't get, y'all barely got within 30, you know? So there are a team that's going to have to shoot more than 18 threes. Well, first of all, you can't get, Oh, this goes back to the, what we said in the non-conference or heck before mm -hmm. the season started, where it's like, all right, do they have a point guard? Do they have right. enough playmaking here? And it's like Bailey Maupin is is really good like four assists still but she had seven turnovers yeah. as a team and i'm not putting this on her she has one, right now she has a one-to-one -one assist turnover yeah issue. like at, and putting that much on her yeah it's not just her fault it's everybody else you know the the, the, the way the team um is, is situated after the injury to jay-z and jackson so sure. um it's just a it's a team that's gonna have to shoot a lot of threes i think you're gonna have to clean up the ball handling a bit and just try to get enough rebounds to, to hold on in, in these games against teams like Texas, um, Kansas state's going to be big, but I don't think they're going to finish like bottom four in the big. No, team. no, they're, no. They're I don't think this is, this would be a, this will be a middle of the pack yeah. team in the big 10, the big 12, um, which I think is a step forward from last year. Right. I think we were kind of worried about what this team was going to be, but yeah. it, I think for my, my disappointing, uh, thing was that i think they thought that i kind of hope would hope that they would show that a little bit better versus a, a hobbled texas team yeah um speaking of a team that i wish would have shown a little bit better houston women Ooh, yeah um now zero and two to start conference play lost to texas tech uh, in their first one by eight and loses by let me do math real quick you know it's better than i have to do math because i'm pretty good at math 34 72 to 38 to yeah. uh kansas state on the road, mm -hmm. uh, Kent State is legitimately a good team, mm -hmm. but next up is Baylor on the road for Houston. And so we're looking at an 0-3 start, probably with two blowout losses. And uh, this, I don't know, I need to find what we had this team going in, the, in before the season, but mm -hmm. it was always going to be a, a tough step up here yeah. to the Big 12. And now it's looking like I don't know how many wins they leave this with. Yeah, I mean, when the defense isn't there, right, we know the offense yep. is not going to be consistent enough or, like, 
producing enough to be able to to be able to offset when the defense doesn't work and the defense hasn't been working granted you know kansas state has big matchup issues for them right um mm-hmm. nobody can guard a Lee and and i mean that's for most teams in the country but especially yeah. a team like houston um so when whenever they can't figure out a matchup or a matchup beats them like it's really hard to for them to then go on the offensive end and say okay layla blair bria patterson just beat this team right like scoring wise Usually those players are they do enough to where the defense the defense does enough and then it's like, okay, Layla Blair can then put you over that get you over the edge, right? But she's not necessarily gonna drop thirty and then Bria Patterson's not gonna drop twenty five. And it's like, okay, cool, they can, you know, they can weather the storm or something like that. We both had Houston women at six and ten this season. Or I'm sorry, six and twelve in the conference this season. I yeah, I get I could see that. I could see that. The next three games are BYU. How good is BYU women? I have, not, ideas? I have not. I have no checked. idea. I know the men are really good this year, but I've not. Um, they just lost Oklahoma by twelve. Okay, they're they're probably decent. So that's maybe let's say they have a shot in that game. But then they have TCU, West Virginia, Oklahoma as their next three games after that. Yeah, and then Texas Tech again. Um, so yeah, it'll be um an interesting run for Houston. But I wanted to mention them while we're on the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we can flip to the men's side now. Uh, yep. The American Athletic Conference is really the only one that's given us some some game results so far. Um, I do want to mention the the WAC is out here playing games at twelve o'clock noon. Yeah, I saw that. That's the thing. UTRGV. UTRGV is playing. Um, SFA. SFA. Do you have? Do we have the results of that game? Uh, no, I think SFA was up, but okay, I did not yeah. see the, it was still it. going on. I think 70 to 70, 428 left. So, okay, UTRGV, flip your televisions over to ESPN. Plus, catch the end of that. Listen, um, I'm always for midday basketball. Like, if the WAC wants to own that, I'll, I'll, I'll they'll have my attention. I'll say that. Yeah, they will. They will. So, um, yeah, they're, they're the only teams playing at 12 o'clock on a Thursday. But, anyways, other than that, the uh, Americans, the only one that's given us some games. So, we can mention these real quick. Uh, I want to start off. I want to go chronologically here. SMU beat Charlotte on Tuesday or Wednesday uh, earlier mm-hmm. this week, sixty-six to fifty-four. The more I watch this SMU team, the more I'm impressed with how bought in they are to their identity. Say, I'm in. I'm I'm very much into this team. They can't. You, it's impossible for a team to score sixty on them. Yeah. In, in the American, especially, like I think they're going to just continue to drag people in the mud. And be one of the best defenses in the country. And they got Shout they got Memphis coming up, which I'm very much tuning in for. Yes, uh, this Sunday, I believe. Yeah, Sunday. Because um, yeah, like this SMU team, like I think they went from at the beginning when they were looking like they were showing the defensive flashes. I think I had them as like a okay team that had an identity. Like I think this team could be a contender now in the in the AAC. Like we'll see how they do against Memphis. Obviously, that's the other big dog in the conference, but. Yeah. I, I'm very fascinated, man. This team looks legit with this defense. 51 in Kempom right now, 25th in the country in defense, second man. in the country in effective field goal percent percentage. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really impressive win there. Like you said, Memphis coming up on Sunday. We'll be tuned into that. UTSA. I want to give them some credit. Yeah, I was about to say. Pat on the back. UTSA. Um, I didn't think they'd be as I didn't think they'd be competitive against UAB. Played yep. them at home, only lost by two on a game winner uh, from from UAB here. Um, honestly, thought they played pretty well from front to front to back. 
Uh, really, really solid game there. So credit to UTSA and credit to uh, this was this was like n- legitimately like the best I think offensive performance I've seen from them since like Javon Jackson and Keaton yep. Wallace were there. <laughs> like it's yep. been like it, again, you texted me. He's like Jordan Ivy Curry's legit good, and he, I, yeah, he's legit good. Like they probably just like thank the heavens for that NCAA ruling because they needed that scoring from him so badly. And not even that, you know, he was like fine efficient wise, but like they just needed somebody who's just not afraid to just go get it. Yep. And that he just gave that to him off the bench and he'll probably work his way into the starting lineup pretty soon. Yeah. 20 points, eight rebounds, four assists, um, three turnovers, one steal. Uh, That guy, he's, he's good. Legitimately good. So uh, yeah, they finished the game nine to 22 from three. You take that every single time. Um, UAB is not a world-beating team. They're not as good as they've been the last few years, but sure. hey, that's a competitive game. Mm-hmm. Now we get primetime Saturday, UTSA at Rice. Place your bets now. <laughs> I have no idea who's going to win that game. Oh, do you want? <laughs> I mean, you want to you want to look at that that Rice score again? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the Rice game real quick. Because All right, right, um, Tulane. The best part is. The American yeah. has all of these games on ESPN, had all of these games this week on ESPN. Oh, so God. I was watching SMU and the yeah. ESA game and that Tulane and Rice on ESPN too, North Texas versus Wichita State also. By the, by the way, 84-59 Tulane. <laughs> yes, Tulane. I was watching on ESPN too as Tulane beat Rice 84-59. Yeah. And the second half started and Rice hits a couple shots, cuts it to eight. Yeah, and I never flinched, never once flinched. Looking at that game and said Tulane is going to win this game by twenty plus points. Sure enough, they win it um, by twenty five points. Rice is, I look, I have I've beaten the dead horse a million times here. Yeah. Rice is not a good program uh, under Scott Perra. They had a couple decent seasons in the past few years. It's been pretty embarrassing. Yeah. I don't want to set expectations to maybe where they shouldn't be set. Maybe maybe Rice is just, you can't win at Rice right now in the American. Maybe they're just, it's impossible. But what I watched a lot yesterday and throughout the past two, three years has been coaching and has been the inability to play defense and Mm -hmm. the inability to want to play defense. And Max Fiedler should never be on one of our Texas all Texas teams ever again because I don't care if he puts up 20 points and 10 assists a game he gives up at least 40 points at the well, rim well, good, well, good news, Rudy, because he put up no points in this game yeah I know he, he did was not score a single basket in this game the, like, the, the crazy the, part is he's seven he's six to eleven yeah and He's probably one of the worst rim protectors I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. In my life. And so uh it was a layup line, a layup line for Tulane. And I I've never seen a player his he put up three shots. Three yeah. shots. Like he is a senior on this team that needs scoring. Right. They lost Quincy Olivari um this year in the offseason. They need scoring. And he put up three shots and no points. And and you know the, the crazy thing is everyone's like, all right, well he's he's like a Jokic, right? You give him the ball at the post, he he can do a lot right. of things. Well, Bro, Jokic his, can put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> his his um usage or not usage, his shot percentage on yeah. Ken Palm has gone down every year 
of his career. Meanwhile, yeah. his turnover percentage is at an all-time high right now. He's at a 28% turnover rate Jeez. this year. Yeah. And it it's almost equal to his assist rate, but it's just because he has the ball so damn much that he's trying to do things, but he can't score, right. and he turns the ball over, and he has no rim protection. Yeah, and the offense this year, Rice for Rice is nowhere near where it's been in years past. It's 195th in the country, so it's not even working. Um, mm-hmm. so at some point, we we said this the past few years. It's like, all right, well, the offense is cool. At some point, you're gonna have to play defense, and now the offense isn't fun anymore, and you're still not playing defense, and you're getting beat by 30, and it's gonna continue to happen because I wouldn't be shocked if UTSA beats you on your home court. I was about to say, I, I kind of lean you. Now that I've seen that Jordan Ivy Curry is actually still pretty good, like I, I think that I'm going UTSA in that game. I'm ready. Which I'm is ready. Nuts. Which is nuts. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm freaking ready. So yeah, Rice, I don't think they win more than five games in conference this year. And that's sad because they have UTSA twice. Like They have a really easy schedule. Yeah, yeah. They have Temple twice, UTSA twice. Uh, Tulsa twice. Um, <sighs> you're the only ones, but still, max five wins from Rice's. Yeah. Conference. All right. Um, that's all I had. Um, we haven't mentioned North Texas much on this podcast or on uh, on our podcast in recent weeks because they haven't really played anybody besides the, the I think Fordham lost the last time we mentioned it, or maybe Mississippi yeah. State. Uh, they play Wichita State tonight, the men's. Okay. That's going to be a, a big game there on the road. That's. It's a tough. It's a tough game. We know Paul Mills is up there. Is that to open up AAC. Yep, open up AAC play. Paul Mills on the road. Um, it'll be challenging, but I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing that eight o'clock tonight on ESPN two, I believe. Nice. So, uh, let's see. Anything this weekend before we sign off? I'm trying to think of any marquee let's matchups. Look it up. Um, Good. No, there's nothing on the women's tonight. I know. Okay um not on much the men's looks like i mean tcu the men's tcu at kansas which would be fascinating um because of course they've tcu's lost every like good team they've played so we'll see how they do it in uh fog allen Men. and then houston hosts uh west virginia who of course is not very good yeah um on the women's side texas plays west virginia on the road okay on saturday i'm i'm intrigued um so many games on Wednesday. I know, oh, right? There's a lot of. Wednesday. I'm sorry, not Wednesday, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Um, yeah, Kansas at Tech women. Oh, uh, McCaslin's first game against Texas for Tech for Tech, Tech at Texas on on Saturday. So there you go. there's that one. That's a good one. There you go. Uh, Wichita State women at UTSA. UTSA is 0 and 2 to start off on the women's side. Yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm really worried because I, I, there's no indication that Jordan Jenkins is like coming back healthy. I know. So. It's just. This is very sad. It's like, it's what? What is it like? It's like a, I mean, it's like any other team that loses their best player and they're out going out playing hard. Yeah, and you're like, all right, this is cool, this is cool, and then you just realize that you that's lost just the team, your best player, and that's yeah, the team. And it's no longer cool watching just players play hard because yeah, you need players at the end of the day, and it's hard to win without great players ecu though is is a good team though so I, yeah. losing by a 26 or whatever this score was isn't a terrible result mm-hmm. but uh i it's 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 a little deflating because we know how good this team could be yep so. um i'm trying to think uh i'll be i mean i'm i'm definitely watching that um smu memphis game on sunday because that one i'm i'm definitely interested to see how smu holds up if smu wins 
Listen, put listen. them in that. They're in that. If they win, they're in the top tier. I've I've maintained FAU and Memphis are on a different level. Yes, but SMU could potentially like if there's anything that could get crack that top two, it's them. Hundred percent. Oh, easy. They're, they're better than they're better than North Texas right now. Watch North Texas come out and beat Wichita State on the road. And <laughs> that, but they are better at this moment. Yeah. Um. All right. That's all we got. Um. We'll be back. Probably. We'll probably get back to the Tuesday Friday schedule next week uh, because that's when games will pick up and stuff so yeah thank you all for joining us leave us a like comment share subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already um uh, if you're listening on the audio side spotify apple leave us five star rating and review follow us on twitter uh dct basketball uh, matthew bruni underscore and ishmael r johnson thank you all for joining us we on tiktok be- tiktok too oh i just made a tiktok uh zone okay. star state I'm going to be posting some podcast clips uh, anytime I'm out of the game or something like that. I'll be posting some stuff on there. So, there yeah, check us out on TikTok. TikTok. I do not have it, but I support I'm, it. I'm still learning it. I'm still working it, but we're we're, we're putting stuff up there. <laughs> if you need to send me the login, I'll, yeah. I'll download it on my phone for the first Don't. time. Sounds good. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you all later.